We've got a hit on our hands, guys. Soda Pop was never going to be a hit. Soda Pop was going to be a hit. I don't think so, honey. I think, yeah, it's just not for public consumption. It just hasn't peaked yet. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's Bernice still Spears rising is, on the charts. It is. It's on its way up. Do you think there'll be a hashtag justice for Soda Pop in the same way there was a justice, for, justice glitter? for glitter? I don't think so. I think Soda Pop got all it needed to get. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I think uh, verdict's still out there. Is it? Vote below if you think Soda Pop should have a uh, not comeback because it was never there to begin with. <laughs> Which I think is right. I think we don't need Soda Pop in the Lexicon. I think Britney's done so much great work. Why should we muddy yeah. it with the see, Soda Pops? The see, I, that was, I listened to the Britney Spears, uh, I was about to say a cast recording, the Britney Spears <laughs> album uh, when I, you know, it was 1999 and I was yeah. like into my musical theater, but I was like, oh, but I'm going to get this cool album by this really pretty girl. And I remember listening to Soda Pop and being like, oh, pop music is so lame. Like, <laughs> pop music is so dorky and nerdy and for all the nerds. That song was lame. You were not wrong about that song. I think pop music, especially in 1999, had a lot going for it, i.e. Heartbreaker, happy 20th anniversary, Um, which, by the way, 20 years since Heartbreaker. That's so weird. Sure. I feel like it was just yesterday. I don't hold the emotional attachment that you do to it, but like, I'm happy for you (laughs) that you remember 20 years ago. You remember it, too. I'm sure there were musicals. I don't think I was there. You were definitely there. I was still like, you know, a a glimmer in my daddy's eye. Are you going to be doing this on your deathbed? Absolutely, I don't know that I was there 20 years ago. It's like, bitch, you're about to die. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. I don't know if we have to do that on the podcast, do we? Yeah, oh yeah, sure we Just do. Like because when we, have, when we have a third person one day, I mean, then they'll be like, oh, I'm the third person. I think that I'm day is... uh, Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I know why. That. That's the first name I came up yeah, with. Yeah, he's definitely the first guest we want on the show is Ashton. We if have we so got much Ashton to say. Kutcher, that'd be a guest. But like, what would we say about him? We'd we... be like, so how's everything? Were you in No Strings Attached or uh, what was the other one? Uh, Friends with Benefits. Yes. I think he was in No Strings attached. Okay. And who was the girl? Was it Natalie Portman? It was Natalie Portman because Justin Timberlake was with Mila Kunis, Kunis and I think yes. that was Friends with Benefits. Okay. Oh, we're showing our age here. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. It was ago. nine years ago. Really? It was yeah. 2010? Yep. Oh, God. Yes. Nine years ago. Almost a decade <sighs> oh ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> it feels like yesterday, guys. 2010 was that long ago. That was like, what was happening? Gaga was doing what at that point? Uh, Pretty born this way. She was, was in between. Neat. She was fame monster and born this way. Yeah, yeah. I loved her yeah. then. <laughs> I like her now. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's coming back. She's gonna wear a dress made out of uh, uh, something less interesting than neat, but hey, still an interesting dress. I'm excited for whatever she's gonna do next, like musically. I think we're gonna definitely get a return to form, like pop music, fun wise. Well, you know, the opera's coming, guys. Queen of the oh, night. Stop. <laughs> well, the queen I of the night's coming. I literally forgot that she said that because I just have put it in my like. I don't accept this <laughs> fucking in my mind because like, don't you're not doing that. Come on, Gaga. I mean, I think it'd be cool if she added some operatic elements to to her giant her, weird her pop cr- music, her crazy yes. dance pop. I'd music. be happy with that. Yes, I mean, she's we'll in the studio that. with like blood pop and people like that, so I think we're gonna get a pop moment. But all right, you know, if we get a Joanne part two. I hope you all enjoy it because I won't be listening. <laughs> what if she does like when she's in a uh, little shop of horrors, if she releases an album much like the Lion King, the gift, like her, <laughs> like if she was telling the story of little shop of horrors, I think that would kind of be fun. A whole if, album about like, the story of little, but shop I don't of know horrors, if little shop of horrors like needs all that. It like, doesn't, but like did the Lion King? No, yes. but we got it. I, I mean the Lion King. I don't know. I feel like Beyonce adds just such emotional and cultural heft to anything she does. And with Gaga, it's just like, yeah, I'm doing it and I'm going to do a good job. She can do it. I just don't know that the, the the story calls for it. I haven't seen Little Shop Fours in fairness, but from what I just read the synopsis actually, because I was thinking about going to see uh, the MJ Rodriguez from Pose is in a production. Are of it you with, seeing the Pasadena Playhouse? I'm considering seeing it because it, it. it's MJ Rodriguez and Amber Riley and mm-hmm. all these people that are amazing, and so I want to see it. So I read the synopsis today, and it seems like kind of goofy and weird. Oh no! I think that's a weird choice if it's your first exposure to Little Shop of Horrors. Right. I think should I watch the movie first? Maybe you should. 
should like watch the movie first okay. and see what the original is like, and yeah. then see what this production's like. Okay. Um, or I don't know. Just are you gonna see go the, see it? I, I I'd like to. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to see okay. it. Um, and then there's the off Broadway production, which is happening simultaneously, which is a pretty like standard right uh, production, and people are kind of just like, which one's gonna transfer? I mean, it could be both. It could be neither. Wow. It'll definitely wow. not be both. Why did I say that? <laughs> um. So otherwise, how was your week this week, Matt? My week has been truly <laughs> iconic. Like I cannot I think a of a more eventful why. week just for a trillion reasons. Yes. Literally a million reasons. Yes. Don't say it or sing it, please. <laughs> <laughs> My goal in life is to not hear that song. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I mean, where should we start about Matt Steele's week? I mean, it's up to I mean, you. What first really? of all, and guys, you hate to hear it, but. Big Brother finale <laughs> happened. The thing is, we keep saying this, but we keep getting emails and comments from being like, I'm one of the Big Brother people. Please have Matt Steele still talk about it. So I guess you have an audience. It's just not me or our friend Brian. The finale was nuts because... And- you were there, weren't you? I was not at the finale, but oh. I was at the rap party oh, that we is hosted by. Reason. No, I was not the. Li- if I was at the live finale, girl, you you thought I was at the live I finale. Did. <laughs> if I was at the live finale, you would know. All oh, right, sorry, I misunderstood. No, I was there. I was there at the live show when uh, Annalise got evicted. She's the least eventful house guest of this season <laughs> okay. and probably of all time. Wow. Uh, so it was a very uneventful uh, live showing that I was at this year. Um, but. The finale was insane. Let's just say the guy who won Jackson had us. There were some optics problems mm-hmm. uh, with Jackson. Hey, for, hey, he's a full racist well, for <laughs> for a number number of reasons. Yes. And let's just say that he was called out on it literally hey. seconds before he was announced as the grand prize winner of five hundred thousand I mean, dollars. So he came out to confetti looking horrified, <laughs> and it was just like, oh my god. And I could go into depth about how interesting this season was right. for all those optics reasons yes. um, because it was definitely more complex than season 15 where it's literally just like Aaron's making racist jokes <laughs> right. she's racist you know so uh, it's it was definitely more um, um, nuanced. My, my nuanced and microaggressioned I guess mm. you could say um, uh, in terms of that so you could really write a whole thesis of it but I won't talk about it <laughs> on this podcast because we don't want to be here all day no. so there was that but and then I went to the, the rap party where I got to like chill with the big brother people oh. Oh and it's gosh. it's always weird because I go every year because my friend Arthur gets us in. Um and he's a huge Big Brother fan too. And it's always weird seeing all of these people. First of all, after watching them for a hundred days right. live on feeds and on CBS, but then seeing them the day after They've you just be saw so them at the finale. And like overwhelmed. Oh, they're, like they're so they're overwhelmed. Place. And it's it's just it's so crazy. And I got to meet my favorite player, Nicole, oh. who's the queen. She's everyone's favorite player. She won America's favorite player, twenty five thousand dollar prize. And Matt Steele was so certain she wasn't gonna be there. I'm like, Do you think yeah. Nicole's gonna be there? He's like, No, no, she's not that it's not like her thing. I don't see her being there. But I'm yeah, like, if I she knows that everyone going. loves her, why wouldn't she go to a place where everyone loves you? <laughs> I mean, I, I thought she wasn't gonna be there because it's usually at like a big, like crazy bar and everyone right. it's totally not my scene either, but yeah. I just go go just because I'm shameless. I mean, of course. And and so, uh, but I got to meet her. I got, and I got to tell her, like, look, I love you. I think you were so wonderful in this season. You carried yourself so, self so well. There has not been a cast member as universally loved as much as you since like. 2005 like and so so I got to meet her so that was one reason why my week was wonderful I got to go to a wedding last night which is also wonderful another wedding we love that we love weddings Um, but also years in the making guys (laughs) we are talking about the I squared the impeachment inquiry The ice has begun. It really has. Queen Nancy Pelosi just <laughs> stomping through, being like, hey guys, I'm going to make an announcement. Oh. Tuesday rolled around and she was like, I'm about to make an announcement, guys. I and mean, it was just like, holy shit. And we've been in this national nightmare for so long that you kind of, you hear all these horrifying stories that mm-hmm. would take down any other president and you're like, is this even going to affect him? Is, our, is the impeachment actually going to even happen? Like, I don't know. I don't want to get too excited. And then when the impeachment inquiry began, it was like, is this the beginning of the end? Oh, like, finally. Oh, I fucking hope so. Fucking finally. What a trash Because box. you hear all these like things brewing and maybe this will happen. Right. Maybe this will happen. But like nothing was happening. It was so frustrating. And, everything. and Nancy Pelosi had a very good quote that I, I can't find right now. It'll be too hard to find right now. But yeah. it, it was basically her saying like, I understand that people are very impatient and they, they, they want something to happen. And yes, just know, you know, we have to work objectively as the government and we know 
know what needs to be done and we are doing what we need to do. Right. But that being said, I uh, appreciate and respect your impatience. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was wonderful on Tuesday. Yeah. And then Friday morning, you know where my ass was. 10 o'clock in the morning, I saw the motion picture event. <laughs> Of the year. You that saw I, it that besides, early in the morning? Besides cats. Oh, God. Um, Fuck cats. I saw my most anticipated movie of the year, Judy, mm. starring Renee Zellweger. We'll talk about it at the end of the podcast, <laughs> I guys. Say, I have a feeling this is going to come up. Matt Palmer. Yes. How the hell was your week? <laughs> my week was good, similarly. I mean, I was very excited about I Squared as well. I didn't know that's what we were calling it. But I, <laughs> I, I decided to call it right when I said it. I right like when the it. Came out it's of my very, uh, you know, Mariah Carey equals MC Squared, which we appreciate a throwback. We appreciate <laughs> math, guys. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I'm so excited that hopefully something is happening that in which we can get this motherfucker out of office. And it's like, sure, I feel like there are people that are like, this should have happened years ago like why did it take so long but like it's better late than never I feel like it's so like the fact that the White House came out and was like oh no here's a transcript of what he said to the Ukraine president and it's like this implicates this him like bad. this is horrible this is really bad this is saying literally oh he did the thing you said he was gonna do why did you think this was a defense like, and the thing that's so amazing to me is he literally is accused of and it hasn't he has not been proven innocent of uh, uh, Russia helping his election, the first election in 2016. And so the fact that he was is accused of this and this is so we're still in the trenches of that. The fact that he would it, do try to do it again for this election. It's yes. just like, are you an idiot? Well, the answer I is mean, yes. Come on. The answer is yes. He is an idiot. But it's just like, are you are insane. Everything right. is insane. I know. it. It's just like. Yes, he's already looking for, if you've been living under a rock for a week, he's obviously solicited help from a foreign country to investigate a potential 2020 political rival being Joe Biden. He's like, uh, basically, Ukraine said they needed help from the U.S. He's like, I would like you to do a favor for us, though. And um, first thing, he wanted to investigate a debunked conspiracy theory that Russia wasn't really behind the 2016 hack of the Democratic National Committee. And the other thing was uh, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son. So... This is on record. Again, White House, the White House confirmed this crazily. And so it did feel like, okay, there's nowhere to go. Because, like, I think, honestly, at this point, Donald Trump truly thought he was untouchable. Like, he thought he was invincible, yeah. that no one could take him down. No one could. Because, I mean, the Mueller him. report came out and everything, and, and, then, yeah, and there didn't seem to be enough to fully implicate him right away. Right. Um, but it didn't get him off. It wasn't, he didn't get off scot free here. Of course here. not. But just adding this to it is just it's, insane. And and it's like, okay, the House of if you want to know how the government works, I guess. Um, the House of Representatives. We're not Pod Save America, by the way. So, like, I'm sure there are smarter people that can tell you what's going on. But the fact is, we're thr thrilled. But please go on. Right. Yeah. So, the House of Representatives uh, needs to vote to impeach him. Yes. Um, which they have the votes to do. Love. Which is why Nancy Pelosi is now announced that there was an impeachment inquiry because yes. she's like, we need the votes. Yes. Um, but the Senate has to vote uh, two to three uh, to ki actually kick him out of office. Yes. So if they implicate him enough, if it's implicated enough, if the evidence is strong enough, I just wonder the those Republicans, Republicans will turn. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just too optimistic. I do feel like this could be the turning point because it's mm -hmm. like, are you really going to go down with this ship? Like this, there is so much dirt on this guy that he's been doing illegal shit while president. And like, we've got to hold him accountable. We've got, he should be on trial like anyone else who breaks the law is. Like he, he can't just get off scot-free because he's the president. Fuck him. I, he's an idiot and he's a moron and he's also broken the law. We have a law there for a fucking reason, right? Yeah. Like I just, yeah. I feel like the Republicans could honestly save face by doing this. But yes. like, I mean, yes. sure, Nancy Pelosi, if, I mean, if Mike Pence is also implicated in this, which Donald Trump has which, alluded to. <laughs> oh my God. Donald Trump said, if in, in case you're not following this, Donald Trump also said, and you know, well, you know, it's not, you, maybe you should talk to Mike Pence who's been talking to the no. Ukrainians about it. And it's like, are you throwing the vice president under, under the, the bus? Please bus. continue. <laughs> no. but, because, hey, let's have, for the last couple months of, of this before the next election, let's have a Nancy Pelosi of president. Of course. Why We'd not? love, we would love. Um, so, <laughs> We'll all see what happens. We're all watching closely. And I mean, I, I just am excited and hopefully, 
hopefully this all goes our way and hopefully we get, you know, a nominee who, you know, of course I will vote for Joe Biden if he is the Democratic nominee. But like if this could help Elizabeth Warren <laughs> kind of slip up to the top, that would be cool for me. I think she's my person I'm backing the most okay. right now. Um, yeah, I'm very much Warren or Harris. Yeah. Harris, Warren. You know, I would love. I would love. So, and but it's but the poll numbers show like Warren is she's is moving, up. moving on up, she's and Harris's up. poll numbers have kind of just sort of stayed the same. Right. So, um. So yeah, I guess it's a uh, Lizzie for me. But like, I'll vote for Joe. I'll vote I, for. I know I will vote who, for anybody, whatever person is nominee. the Democratic yes. nominee. I will do it, and yeah. I hope you all will too. I will get, give them flowers <gasps> yes. personally. So otherwise, outside of obviously that big news, my week has been very good. Like nothing too crazy has happened. My mom is coming into town this upcoming weekend. Oh. So I today got my car washed because <laughs> I feel like she's very much like you know going out with a dirty car is like you know not washing your fucking clothes and I'm like right. well I agree and I don't want you to get into see my new car for the first time and yes not be clean, and it's a you know? new it's a new car and yeah. I feel like if a car goes a while without being washed like you go to wash it next and there's still just yeah, like it's it needs that pile that continuous polish yes. so started since it's a new car you're starting it off on the right foot right. it's like washing your white sho- it's like constantly windexing your white shoes when yes. you first get them exactly. you know it makes a so, difference so it makes a difference yeah so I've been kind of prepping for that and like uh, getting things in line for, for what we want to do I mean my mom is similar to me in that like we are people of habit so every okay. year we go to every museum I mean she I, comes literally every September October yes and she's like I want to go to the museums I want to go to the road I want to go to you know uh the freaking uh, Getty, Getty, she and loves the Getty Villa. The Getty. And the thing is, I feel like my brother has like made a joke about how we do the same things every year. And it's like, hey, if it ain't broke, <laughs> you Absolutely. know what I mean. I'm gonna try to find other things we can do, and you know, but and be excited. But the the point is, you get to see your mom. She's in town. It'll be very fun. Yeah, and your mom. She cooks for you. I know, and even cooks for you. <laughs> she cooks for me too. I had some salmon last time. I it was know great. it was great. So I yeah. I'm very looking much looking forward to that. Taking the Friday off, so we can have all of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. By Monday, she's kind of like, all right, go to work. <laughs> like I, that's that's enough. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to chill. I'm going to read. Right. I'm going to watch some TV. Right. And then she, she knows how to work the Apple TV. I know. She's my mom, you. Lord, if my, if my mom was tried to work the Apple TV, I'd have no idea what she was doing. It takes a minute, but I usually set it up and I make sure that the, the audio is already on for her. I don't even know what I'm doing with that. <laughs> like, there are so many times I'm literally trying to work the TV and I'm like, Matt, can you help me? <laughs> I know. I mean, one of us has to be the tech savvy one, so I'm happy to be that person. Not me. It's not, but you know, everyone's different. So, my first news for Idiot's Moment was that the actual news about Donald Trump, which we've kind of already discussed. So outside of that, I must say this week was a little light on the celebrity news and celebrity gossip. So we're going to be talking about some stuff that like, you know, maybe normally we wouldn't. But Demi Moore wrote a book. Wait, what? (laughs) Okay. 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 This is what I'm saying. How light was the news? It was light. Wow. Because everyone's talking about Donald Trump. What else? I mean, what celebrity gossip? And Big Brother. No one's talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, basically Demi Moore has come out with a tell-all memoir entitled Inside Out, um, and there's a lot of bombshells in there. Like, apparently she supposedly took John Cryer's virginity, but he denies that on Twitter. <laughs> I was wondering, I literally just saw a headline saying, John Cryer says Demi Moore did not take his virginity, and I was like, should I click on this? And I was like, no. <laughs> you were wise not to. Uh, the most... Um, I don't know, the most bombshelly of all of the items that she posts about are apparently during her marriage with Ashton Kutcher, who we just mentioned as a yeah, future co-host. Yeah, how did I know? I don't know. You, I'm we just, were just so intuitive. You are, yes. And so apparently there were uh, cheating allegations in the book about how Ashton would be outside of the marriage because while they were married, Ashton um, talked about how he wanted to have threesomes and invite other ladies into the bedroom. And then to me, trying to be like, you know, trying to be cool and open-minded and in it for him, it was just like, yeah, sure, we'll bring other ladies to the bedroom. It's fine, it's fine, whatever. We'll all be together and like, I'm cool and fun and whatever. So don't. I'm the cool mom. I'm the cool mom, not like a cool wife. <laughs> not I'm the cool wife. wife. I'm a regular wife. And so eventually when Ashton started just cheating on her with other women, oh. he felt like the lines were blurred because of that uh, threesome, that the threesomes that they would have. It's like, well, you didn't mind when I was having sex with other ladies when you were there. Like, what difference? It's like, sweetie, that is a thin argument. <laughs> Ashton, a thin argument, right? piece of shit. I know. It's just like... 
So now apparently, of course, Ashton and Mila Kunis are like not thrilled about revisiting this past and like doesn't, you know, they're kind of just like, I don't know why we need to be talking about this. But, you know, it's the me story. And he did get a heads up that this was coming out. So it's not like a complete bombshell surprise about that. But is she does is Demi Moore still like friendly with Ashton Kutcher? Because I because I, I know she and Bruce Willis are still like right. buds. Like they're they, buds. my um not to like this is like my celebrity brag. Um, My ex-boyfriend used to date Rumor Willis. <laughs> Oh really? And, yeah, he used to date I didn't her. Know that. He used to date her in like middle school. Oh, like they went to uh, school together. They he's from Idaho, and uh, they both Demi Moore and Bruce Willis both have houses in oh, I uh, didn't in know Sun Valley, Idaho, and they're like next to each other or near each other and everything. So like sometimes my ex boyfriend would go to like Demi's house. Sometimes yeah. he would go to like Bruce Willis's That's house. That's so and, weird. And he would, like. Uh, and then he was stayed friends with Rumor Willis yeah. uh, when they were teenagers and everything. And he said that Bruce Willis and Demi would just like hang out and like watch. That's great. And, like play games together and everything. So it's it's, it's good that they remain friends. Absolutely. I don't know if she was like that with Ashton. Uh, do they have any kids to me more in Ashton Kutcher? I don't. I feel think like they don't. So, but yeah. I don't know that. I feel like they don't. So I mean, I assume there's probably more distance there because like if you don't have kids, like what, why do we really need to be that close afterwards? Mm-hmm. But um, that's the thing that happened. I mean, I'm a little curious about reading the book, but it's like I probably don't care about Demi Moore's life that much that I'll read it. But I'll read like the highlights and see if there are any other bombshells. But sure, I, you'll go to the bookstore and like just open it up. Yeah, and scan it a yeah. Maybe there's a Cliff Notes version out Sit there in the Barnes and Noble Cafe. Yeah, and, and not buy the. <laughs> Do you have any strong feelings about her as an actress? Do you have any? I actually like Demi Moore a lot. Really, I, I think Demi Moore is a talent. I think she's a very interesting actress. I, I actually really like Demi. I'm Moore. trying to think if um, I've ever even seen her in anything. Oh, you've never seen Now and Then. No. No, I've never seen Now and Then. I love Now and Then. You've yeah. never seen Ghost? No. Best Supporting Actress winner, uh, 1990, Whoopi Goldberg? No, I know about, that's the one with Patrick Swayze and like he's a ghost and they make a pot together. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. that. Oh yeah, no, uh, Now and Then is just a, cl- oh, you would love All right, that. I guess I gotta I watch Now, now and Then. then. Yeah, All right, Now well, and Then is great. Demi, I got some stuff of yours to watch, I suppose. Um, in other news that I know that I've been banging on about for weeks, but I told you I'd only talk about one more time, okay. and that's if it came true. Jennifer Lopez... <laughs> <laughs> She's the new Scarlett Johansson. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira are co-headlining the Super Bowl halftime performance. It's happening in Miami, and I feel like it was... The thought was, oh, it's a nice way to have, like, two Latina performers in Miami, even though, you know, J-Lo's Cuban, and I think Shakira maybe is Brazilian. It's not exactly... Like, Florida. Yeah. There's a big Latina population (laughs) in Florida, so it's worth it. You know, right? I, I you're into it. I'm into it. Okay. I think it's I think it's a fun choice, uh, and they both combining their catalogs together have enough. Right. To, That's know. the thing is I feel like this kind of is a good solution to the problem that I kept bringing up. And so far as J Lo does not have the catalog to headline a show by herself, but I think to have the two of them co-headlining and also there's talk of having like other Latino artists involved, like maybe uh Pitbull supposedly is in talks according to TMZ, mm-hmm. maybe those guys who did Despacito, you know, uh, I feel like there's a way to make this kind of like a big Latino moment. yeah, moment that every oh, there are lots of people being involved in, but it's not all falling on JLo's shoulders to like pull out the hits that she doesn't have. And so I think that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think of Shakira's will be shown? Obviously, Hips Don't Lie. Hips Don't Lie. Which is, for some reason, a song that Matt Palmer doesn't like. <laughs> I don't like it. And I also completely like, forgot that it existed. Fine. No, it bugs me. Uh, I assume, I just, I don't know. I find it annoying. I think okay. it's annoying. Um, Hips Don't Lie, I assume, whenever, wherever. I love that song. That means a classic song. Um, I mean, Underneath Her Clothes? Or underneath Your Clothes? Underneath that, Your Clothes. Yeah, that could be. I remember that song, but I don't know if the world does. I, yeah, they I do. do they? I feel. I feel like that's a known song. Maybe I don't know. I feel like it was big where in Jersey was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I just feel like in the U.S. there are no certain Shakira hits outside of Whenever Wherever and Hips Don't Lie. But I'm sure she has more, especially for she always kills it sales wise in uh, Central and South America. I'm pretty sure. So oh, yeah. she'll have hits for people. And between that and J Lo's catalog and the Pitbulls, Pitbull has hits on hits. Even though he might not be the most exciting or like iconic artist of himself, he like has hits that people recognize. Oh, totally. So I think they'll be able to pull together a halftime show that'll be worthwhile. Definitely a, a great. Yeah, I yeah. think it'll be. I think it'll be a fun show, a great show. And not as iconic as you know. Carol Channing's When the Saints Go Marching In uh, back in 1970. Oh, I, I missed uh, that one. I, you, was, I mean, hey, it's hey. crazy because you actually were like I really wasn't. But, Thank um, you. <laughs> also, speaking of Jennifer Lopez this week, both of us finally saw Hustlers yeah, this week. It was good. 
good. Yeah, I liked Hustlers a lot. Good. I think the use of music in Hustlers was unbelievable. Excellent. I completely agree. The, the just from the beginning, this is a story of control. I was just like, oh my god. And then there were yes. were there three Janet songs. I, or were there only two? I know Janet came back in at the end. I feel like Love Will Never Do Without You was in it mm-hmm. at some point. I don't know. There was Britney and the best thing ever, which you don't care about. Yeah. The use of Jacques Brel's next. In the montage where they're drugging and like robbing the men, right? It was one is one of the most inspired. I think I tweeted this. It's one of the most inspired musical moments I've ever seen in my entire life. That put in a movie, like so great. What is the song? Uh, It's it's a song. It's a composer Jacques Brel. He wrote uh, songs back in you know the the 30s. I don't know. I some some time ago. Yes, actually, they're 60s. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I just know my to bring up my ex boyfriend again. Jesus, Um, he was very into Jacques Brel. Mm. Um, and he has a, a re- there's a review that was off Broadway and it's been revived, uh, I think once, uh, called Jacques Brel is Al- alive and well and living in Paris. Mm. And my ex-boyfriend sang next for vocal performance class. And oh. it was like a bit, it's, it's an amazing song. Yeah. And, um, so that's how I know the song and that's how I knew that moment. And I was like, this is brilliantly All done. Right. I loved it. And J-Lo I thought was good. She was good. I thought she, I, th- I think her best moment was this scene, her very last scene when she was pulling out the pictures. Yes. And she showed Constant Wu's picture in the yeah. I think she had a lovely acting moment there. So, you know, I think if she got a nomination, I would not be against it. All right. I, yeah, I know I agree. I think J-Lo did a great job and I also loved the use of music. My, the, the, most effective, not the most effective, but I just thought as a plot device of having, you knew when years were, at least I knew that when years were changing, when it was like, oh, this, like when Britney's Gimme uh-huh. More was on, it was 2007, but when Usher's Love in This Club came on, <laughs> it was 2008. <laughs> yeah, just the, you know? the use of music in that movie was just so was, great. Yes, it like really puts you in a place in time and like it, I don't know, at least for me as a pop music person, I was able to follow along as like, oh, how much time has it been? I was like, oh, it must have been a year since in between these two scenes because they, that's when these songs came out. I'm I'm sorry, I just have to look up the Jacques Brel. Like, what year? Because I feel like I'll look like an idiot if oh. I don't clarify. I mean, I don't think people will really care about that, but I will. You know what? You know? <laughs> I do think so we did get an early tweet on the podcast where the people enjoyed that we looked up our facts and weren't just spouting things off. And since then, we've only spouted things off. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about that. Okay, he died in the 70s. Okay, he was. Okay, so he didn't write in the 30s. He wrote, uh, I'm assuming in the, because he was born in 1929. Oh. So I'm assuming the. Uh, I'm not going to go full into it, but uh, the 60s. I'll look it up and I don't know. Wait, and he died in the 70s? He died in the 70s. How old yeah, was he? he died in the 50s. Oh, I know. That's so sad. R.I.P. Jacques Brown. He hey, he's, his legacy lives on in, in, Hustlers. in Hustlers. Kiki Palmer being like, What's your mother's maiden name? I was like, Yes! <laughs> Especially, I love Kiki Palmer in it too. She was, oh, she was very good. In it. Yeah. She's such a queen. Um, and also, I love the use of Fiona Apple's Criminal. What a great song performance when JLo first did her okay. like, um, you know, performance. Yeah. <laughs> but that was great. Um, okay, also in other news. Again, it's light. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the Joker is a movie that's coming out. And uh, the Joker uh, film garnered uh, it garnered rave reviews when it premiered at the Venice Film Festival and won the event's top prize. Uh, the critics' reviews were largely positive, though many expressed concerns about the film's content. The film offers a grounded portrayal of the t- titular Joker, played by Joaquin Phoenix, as a loner who feels mistreated by society and escalates to acts of violence against the wealthy and becomes a hero of sorts of the working class. So this is getting a little bit of negative feedback because, you know, we're living in a world now where, like, all of these you know, white men who feel ostracized do turn to violence. And, you know, that's just like something that's happened in our country for a long time, especially with people that are white supremacists and just like horrible. But if they feel like they have been turned away from society in any way, especially including like women don't want to sleep with me, they'll like sit, mm-hmm. they'll write a fucking manifesto and then like kill a bunch of people and kill themselves. And people are watching the movie and feeling like we don't want to support that narrative as being valid or some someone who should be a hero for anyone. Mm. And so the director, Todd Phillips, is uh, not taking the criticism terribly well because mm-hmm. he blamed the far left, which is just a funny phrase to me, <laughs> for some of the criticisms of his film. He basically said, I think it's because outrage is a commodity. I think it's something that has been a commodity for a while. What's outstanding to me in this discourse, in this movie, is how easily the far left can sound like the far life right when it suits their agenda. It's been really eye-opening for me. And to me, it's like, if by far left, you mean people that, like, don't want to, you know, assist in mass murders and, like, <laughs> want to, like, not support that. I I just think it's a little aggressive. I do. My thought is, like, well, 
there's violence in a lot of movies. Maybe this storyline mm-hmm. is specifically something that rings true to people who live in America because that is the story we've all heard. Like, oh, he was a loner. Like, he was a good kid, but, like, just didn't have many friends and, like, all of that shit. Um, but I feel like there's so much glorified violence on screen all of the time that I don't know that the Joker should be only the the only one that's getting this criticism. Mm-hmm. But, like, to me, it's like we're so obsessed with not seeing sex on screen and yep. we love seeing guns. And yeah, it's but weird. the thing is, like, it's... The, there are movies like The Joker that oh. have been coming out forever. Like, Lord knows Taxi Driver is, like, right. just a guy, a loner, misunderstood, goes insane, kills people. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so it's... There have been movies like this before. There will be movies like this in the future. I think the fact that it's just The Joker that's coming out now in this time... It's, yeah. I say this as someone who's actually looking forward to The Joker. Yeah. Because... I like Joaquin Phoenix as yeah. an actor um, a lot, actually, mm-hmm. um, even though, you know, he has his method moments uh, where it's kind of <laughs> just did like read okay. something insane about like him <laughs> filming that movie. And the, t- the tweet was just like, imagine a woman doing. This. Oh, my God. Or it was yeah. like men are so exhausting. One of the two. Yeah. Because it talked about how he like would storm out. Yes. And, and all this. So <laughs> well, we can find Grow it. Up. <laughs> but um, but and I say this as someone who's looking forward to the Joker, who who genuinely like does not care. I don't know anything about comic books or DC Marvel right. worlds. You know, I, I'm genuinely interested in it because it, it looks a little different from those. Yeah. Um, I can see why people are tired of yeah. it. Like I can see why people are tired of that narrative. Yes. It's kind of just like, Oh, we see this all the time. How don't, how can we don't ever see like a movie where like a girl goes insane, right. you know? So it, it's, I get why it was made and I get why people are excited for it and I'm excited to see it. and I hear his performance is incredible, but I understand why people are just like, Exhausted. Yeah. And it's also just like the glorification of this narrative of like loner white guy goes on a killing spree is like it's kind of like read the room a little bit. Like even if it's very <laughs> well made and very well acted, it's just like yeah. maybe now right now is not the time. It was like when the Heather's movie or Heather's TV show reboot got like kind of pulled out before mm-hmm. it even came out. It's like, yeah, it's just maybe not the right time not for right this. Now. And like who knows who's to say like that. There, I not trying to glorify it, obviously, right. but like in a way, like he does not become a hero, but you, it's important to create characters that even if they are messed up, you try to find ways to empathize with yeah. them. And I feel like these characters kind of end up becoming heroes in mm. a weird way. Like people who everyone taxi driver, he kills a bunch of people, but like everyone still quotes, "You talking to me? You talking right. to me?" Like, and as if it's like. A fun, cool thing, right? So, and this, so you know, it's good to make movies with these complex characters, but I can also understand why people are tired of totally. it. Totally, that, that's what I have to say about that. Totally. Yeah. All right. Um, well, one last piece of news, which isn't really news; it's just me talking about it. Okay. <laughs> um, this is us came back this week, mm-hmm. and okay, the season premiere. It was the season four premiere, and if. You know, Matt Steele's not a This Is Us head like myself. So just so we're all clear and caught up. Stars, it's like a time jumpy moment. Mm -hmm. Stars Milo Ventimiglia and Mandy Moore as the parents to these three children who um, one is adopted in black and the other two are are two little white children. And um, but it fast forwards into uh, a time in which Milo has passed away and Mandy is a grandma and they're all adults, these young kids. And so basically between those five people and like the three children's spouses and one of them just had a baby and like the one family has a bunch of kids. There are a million characters on this show already, right? Uh So the premiere, what it does, it introduces you with no no real introduction. It's like, you're kind of seeing old school Mandy Moore a little bit talking with Milo. Uh, Me, basically she's about to meet uh, his parents or no, he's about to meet her parents for the first time. And that's a storyline. But you're also invested in all the other kids in the different time uh, times that they are exist. Uh, but the rest of the episode is centered around three different storylines with new characters that you've never seen before. Okay. And so I'm watching this and maybe I am. And if you haven't seen the episode yet, then uh, this is a spoiler. So fast forward for a bit. Um so basically they were following this young black kid who is like a single father and uh 
like trying to make money for his child and maybe falling into the wrong crowd doing that, even though his dad is trying to steer him in the right direction. We meet his dad, we meet his mom, we meet the child, we meet him. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) It's just like we already have people that we're paying attention to. We have this lady who was a military officer and she comes back and she kind of has PTSD and she goes to, you know, meetings about it. And her family's falling apart because of her PTSD. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) And then you see this blind guy who is a musician and falls in love with this waitress and uh, later on you find out that like he becomes very successful and you're like who the fuck is this guy? And how long is this going on? Like the whole episode? The whole episode. Shit. It will cut back to Mandy Moore and Milo and their young times and like their storyline but like nothing about any of the other characters that you know. Okay. At the end of the episode you find out how they're all connected and apparently the kid who has the the, the child who has a child is going to be a love interest for Sterling K. Brown's daughter, who was adopted, named Deja. So Deja appears in that storyline, and then uh, for um, the lady who is a uh, military person comes back with PTSD. Um, Milo's brother Nikki, who is also a veteran who has PTSD, throws a chair through a window, and uh-huh. so you see that they're going to have some sort of connection. Milo's brother, we- yeah, Uncle Nikki, who's played Uncle by uh, okay. the guy <laughs> Uncle the Uncle. This is what I'm saying. There's a million characters. Uh-huh. He is, so they're going to have a connection. And then also you find out at the very end, the blind kid who becomes a very successful musician is the child of Kate and Toby, who we find out is blind. So this is like 30 years. Kate is Christy Metz? Christy Metz, yes. Christy Metz and her husband have a child. And we're told at the end of the episode that child ends up being blind. Okay. And then you see that the blind kid is the grown-up version of that child. He does music because Christy Metz and Mandy Moore did music, but they never became successful. And so he becomes successful. And I feel like I'm kind of alone in this feeling because at the end I was reading tweets and everyone was like this is so beautiful this is us it's done and again you're thinking like what is this what is this what is this and by the end they tie it back and this is so great and wonderful and how iconic and like this is so groundbreaking and moving and I cried and I cried and I cried and I'm just like Fuck all of this. <laughs> there are so many people on this. I'm confused. I'm confused. This or- is like an entire, the entire series of Degrassi in one episode. <laughs> it's like- literally between Jack and Mandy Moore. It's like we're spanning now 150 years or something. Uh-huh. And it's just like, this is too much. Okay, but the real question is, when are they bringing back the gay hairdresser? Honestly. <laughs> that that got cut out of the, the Halloween episode season two. That's... Though that's that's, that's who know. is really us, guys. Honestly, the gay hairdresser who was it's, cut. This is you, girl. <laughs> that, that was me. That was you. That was me. And then Regina King cut me out. When I saw that episode of all of these new people, I was like, they honestly should have put you as someone. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized they had to get a real uh, blind actor to play the blind role. But it's like that could have been Matt Steele. It could have been he Matt Steele. Like he's saying, and it's like his voice is not great. You. Could have <laughs> But I get why they would need an actual blind person to play the role. And maybe I will continue watching the show. And apparently it was planned for a long time that midway through the telling of the This Is Us story, they were going to bring in a lot of new people. But it's like, I feel like the last thing This Is Us needs is more people. There are so, this cast is humongous. And I'm emotionally invested in like 70% of those storylines. But now we're adding in three more storylines with like eight more people and I'm so now I'm down to 40% that I care about and it's like I understand how they're connected and that's wonderful and great but like can we not just give enough to the people that are already there like we didn't see Sterling K. Brown the entire episode look and this it's is like guys this is why sometimes I just don't fuck with TV <laughs> Because like it, it becomes. T- there are TV shows that are so 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 good, and then yes. they have to keep being good, and they have yes. to keep grabbing your attention. They just end up doing so much, They're and you're doing just like, so ah. Much. And it's sometimes it just it becomes a little scary. But you yes. know what? It's like, keep an open mind. I'm trying to, and it could be great if the writing is strong. Yes. Then it w- will hook you in. I'm going to. You will care about that little blind boy who could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you have your sign. <laughs> but yes. Um, I'm going to keep watching. I'm just a little nervous. And hey, you say. never know when that gay hairdresser might pop That's up. That's true. Oh my God. What if like the season premiere, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I was, I had one line on This Is Us yes. once and uh, they cut me out of it yeah. and Regina King was the director. Yes. Um, but, um, but, uh, so that's what we're talking about. But, um, 
You what if like during the season premiere all of a sudden just like a gay hairdresser pops up oh and all of a sudden gosh. I just didn't tell you. Oh yeah, didn't I tell you I'm a series rag on this? Is I would love you. I would be so happy. I'd be thrilled and I'd be like, when can I meet Mandy Moore? <laughs> that would be my first question. And um, I'll like show you. I'll be like, oh, we hang out on set all the time, and like it'll be a video of her like singing one of your songs because <gasps> I already sent her a video of you singing Gardenia. Oh my god. <laughs> That would be amazing. How do we make that happen? That's the This Is Us expanded version I need. It's going to happen. <laughs> All right. We're putting it out into the universe. Right, they guys. owe you one, honestly. They they do. They do. They, they do. do. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's it for News for Idiots. There's not a lot going on outside but the impeachment, but hey. The impeachment's all I need to get me through the week. So yeah, the thank impeachment, you. Big Brother, let's go. I mean, Big Brother's over. Big, but that, <laughs> we'll finale, be, that finale was so intense. Okay, was just, it was thank just you so much. Finale. We'll be right back. <laughs> That was like TLC mixed with Michael Jackson. It was, yeah. Yeah. You added that. Ah, I mean, that's what Michael How did you do that? I've, I've, I used to do it a lot. I can't do it. I know. You got to work it's at like it. It's like a whistle. Like yes. how you can do it, but I can't. You're sucking in. That counts. Yeah. I can only do it sucking in. He can do it by like actually doing it the correct way. Which like, but like, is there a correct way to whistle? No, we're all working together. All right, I started. You can go. No, oh, oh, uh, he like pushed a random no, I just button. Was saving. He, he like pushed a random button on the keyboard, and I was like, "Wait, did we have to pause?" He like fully stops. Like, I was no, like, I don't know. You I'm, can go, girl. I'm not a professional at this. He's the he's the one with the degree. I am. Okay, guys. So anyway, welcome back to Two Game Mats. Um, we are now part of uh, email my heart, which okay. is every, everyone's favorite section where you email us questions and we answer them, and it's because it's the only section where you email us questions and and we answer them. Yes. Um, so if you want to be a part of email my heart, you can email us at Two Game at gmail.com to a spell T-W-O and we got a lot of emails again this I week I love the and weeks we get a lot of emails so thank you guys so much for sending emails I know we honestly. love them we, we really read all of them and yes. we're just going to pick uh, two each week I think we're going to yeah. decide because some right. of them are are kind of more complex to, an- to answer or we don't know how to answer them yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, so it's going to be like Panera it's going to be like a you pick two situation but keep emailing us because we love giving you a shout is that out. a Panera thing yeah like you pick two like you get a, a half soup and a half salad how often are you in Panera that you know like the Um, I love <laughs> do you you didn't know this about me I don't think and I it's did. devastating because there are so few in LA Oh, so like I go out of my way to go to Panera sometimes. I went to a Panera re- like in the recent dish memory because there's one near my office and I like didn't bring food that day it's from home like prepackaged so yeah uh, yeah I imagine it's the same Panera yeah 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 Yeah. and I go and I bring my Panera gift card I (laughs) I didn't know that you were so into Panera oh I love Panera Red Bull cream of chicken wild rice when it's cream of chicken wild rice day you better believe my ass is there (laughs) getting my cream of chicken wild rice in a bread bowl yes I didn't know the more you know you can always learn more about people (laughs) anyway so this uh, question is from Eric. Hi, Eric. Greetings, Matt P and Matt S. Been a big fan of the channel for a couple years now and excited to finally be writing an oh. email for his favorite segment, <gasps> Email My Heart. Uh, he has two questions. Love. Uh, since we are at the end of the decade, I have an Oscars question. In your opinion, what are the best and worst best picture winners of the decade? For Eric, it would be Moonlight as best and Green Book as worst. And the other question is, I guess, more for Matt Palmer's sort of situations, but it's the same thing with the Grammys. Best album winner... Uh, best album of the year winner of the decade and the worst. Eric's favorite is 21 by Adele and his least favorite is The Suburbs by Arcade Fire. All right. Um, So I'm going to talk about the Oscars one first uh, just because, you know, I... That's you know things. I agree about Moonlight. I probably haven't seen all the best picture winners, but... You haven't, no. But but I, I would say... I would say it's either between Moonlight or Birdman, which Matt Palmer does not like. Bird- Matt Palmer, <gasps> when we watched Birdman <sighs> together on our TV in the living room, he that. enjoyed it for the first like half hour, I would I say. And I then did. as it got more and more and more Birdman-y, he did not like it. And the he ending, hated it. I love How dare you waste my time? So yeah, I would say between Moonlight and Birdman for me, Moonlight, because obviously like the writing is just incredible, especially that third act is just absolute perfection. And Birdman, because of the technical Aspects and because I love Michael Keaton so much, oh God. and all the other Best Picture winners, I have to say, like, there's not a Best Picture winner of this decade that I dislike. Obviously, there are ones that I disagree with um, that I would have voted for something different, but there aren't any that I dislike. Right? I, um, I don't. I would say. Uh, 
I, I honestly like it depends on the day. I understand why people don't like the optics of Green Book, um, though I still think it's a a nice movie. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it. I look at Green Book like how I look at grilled cheese. Like, <laughs> okay. like it's satisfying. It's enjoyable. When I after I'm done eating it, I'm just like, oh, that was a good grilled cheese. But I'm not necessarily impressed that you made it. <laughs> you know? Okay. But, but like, I, I think it's I think it's a good movie and, you know, a, a, a nice lesson, if not like, you know, a little dated. But whatever. Um, I, I I truly don't know because I I f- can pick apart flaws in each of them. I don't okay. know. I don't know. It's. I I would say maybe either I'll I'll say Green Book. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say Green Book for the grilled cheese analogy. I do love that grilled cheese. Analogy. That's um, fair. Oh, do you want me to list the best picture winners for you? No. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say uh, Moonlight Best. Okay. And um, Birdman of the ones I've seen. I'm you sure. did. What did you What did you hate more? The King's Speech, which you always talk shit Ooh, on. Boring. Uh, Birdman, which you really hated, yeah. or uh, uh, The Shape of Water. <laughs> Ooh, I hate all of those. Um, I found Birdman to be the most annoying. Okay. <laughs> I found the King's Speech to be boring. Oh, I like and the I found, King's Speech. I mean, I would have voted for the social network. Obviously. Of course. And the kids were all right, which we both loved. Oh, that was great. <laughs> and I found the shape of water to be gross. Okay. <laughs> but I wasn't like upset with the storytelling. Okay. Uh, Birdman yeah. was the most frustrating for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair answer. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, I don't dislike any of these best picture winners, though. Like, even that's if fair. I'm not like in love with some of them, I still haven't enjoyed all of them. Right. Uh, so what about Grammy Award winners? All right, I've been looking at the Grammy Award winners while since we've been speaking. Okay. I think it is definitely between, uh, for my favorite, I think it's between 21, of course, which is just such a classic mm-hmm. album. And... Uh, I think Fearless by Taylor Swift. No, that's not in this decade. It was 2010. Well, 2010. But are we counting? That's the thing. I don't know what we're counting. It was awarded in 2010. It was awarded in 2010. I count that as 2009. All right. Well, on the Wikipedia, it says 2000. It's when. It's not when it's awarded. (laughs) All right. It's when it came. It's like the people who think that the King's Speech won Best Picture for 2011. It's like, no, it was for 2010. It was just given the award in 2011. I have a lot less invested into this so I, we'll go with I'm you. an award show person this is what we care about <laughs> all right well then 21 by Adele I completely agree with okay uh, I think 1989 is also a great album that won sure. in the decade um I have not listened to a lot of the best albums the Grammy Award for album of the year for like rock albums I don't care about the, but the one that I'm most upset with is Beck's morning phase or whatever the fuck <laughs> beat Beyonce self-titled. I mean, I was a little mad at Adele because she won for 21 and 25 is just 21, but a little worse. Um, but 25 but is still good. 25 is so good yeah, so and she's good. so likable and like she dedicated the award to Beyonce and like what else could she do? Beyonce, like w- Lemonade was such an artistic statement that I think we forget sometimes how huge the self-titled album and era were mm-hmm. and how it completely changed music forever. And the fact that songs get released on Fridays instead of Tuesdays is because of that album. And I just think that was such a mistake. And then he, also the the backlash of people being like, the reason that uh, Beyonce didn't win for her album is like, look at all the people that worked on it and look at uh, Beck owns the only person that worked on his album. And it's like, that's not what the award is. Yeah, that literally means nothing. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. Because all those people who worked on that album would have gotten a Grammy exactly, Award Exactly, exactly. And it's not doesn't make him an, a more amazing artist because no one gave a fuck about that album until that night. No one talked about that Beck album at all. But did you listen to the album? No, <laughs> and you can't you can't pick it as your least favorite because you haven't listened to it. I can, I can, and I have. So I'm just gonna go through the albums that one album of the year that I have actually listened to. I uh-huh. would say Adele, uh, 21. Yes. Um, because Fearless was 2009, and that was not right. No one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is important. Um, and of the albums I've listened to in full that have won, I'm yeah. gonna say 24 Karat Magic. Is my least. <laughs> you hate 24. I like Karat what songs do I like? I like. I like Versace on the floor. I like that song a lot. What about um, uh, obviously? Uh, that's, that's what, what I, like. I like. Is is really good and finesse. Finesse is great. I like Chunky. Uh, Chunky. Okay. Chunky's okay. <laughs> I yeah, but everything else on that one kind of just like uh, it is my and, least favorite Bruno Mars album. Yeah, I feel like he should have won for. Um, Unorthodox jukebox, despite that ridiculous title. <laughs> I love so many of those songs, and I think it's his best. But, you know, he was a huge act during 24 Karat Magic, so 
we, you know, we love okay. that. Okay. And a great performer. This is an interesting question that has nothing to do with the email my heart. I'm so sorry. Yes. That someone asked me personally that, uh, my friend Nate said, okay. um, why are you saying that JLo doesn't have the catalog to host, to, uh, perform the Super Bowl halftime show yes. yet Bruno Mars, who had only been like really big for like two years, uh, was considered to have the catalog. Cause his hits are bigger. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel like he went a lot of singles deep every time. People know, like, songs of his that even weren't official singles. Like, people knew Marry Me. People knew Runaway Baby. And it was more recent. He was more 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 recent. Like, in the past 10, 15 years, you could sit here and rattle off a bunch of uh, Bruno Mars songs. And I feel like his combination of... Um, music that cut through and were huge hits and the fact that he is an ex- excellent performer tied it together and made it was like oh this makes sense him being the halftime performer it's like I can't think of someone I'd rather see on a stage especially a man than Bruno Mars and uh, J-Lo is an incredible performer who has middling hits and the biggest ones happened 20 years ago you know what I mean like okay so uh, Nate I appreciate your thoughts but yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's the answer. <laughs> that is why. Um, so I love this. This question is from Timeless Toddy, uh, and the subject him. line is manufactured trash, <laughs> which is the best subject line of an email I've yes, ever gotten. Yes, of course. Hey, Matt, I recently discovered that one of my favorite early Naughties album, I love that, mm-hmm. uh, Shut Up by Kelly Osbourne was finally added to Spotify. It has been such a joy to rediscover it in 2019, so you can imagine my dismay when I found an old article where she called her own album manufactured trash. <laughs> God. Do you guys have any songs or albums that you love, but the artists themselves deeply regrets? Take it away, Matt Palmer. If Brandy says another bad word about aphrodisiac, I will melt into a puddle. Like she is, I think, the queen of uh, my album didn't well didn't do well, and so it's bad. And I really, it hurts my heart because it's like that. No, that is one of your best albums, and the fact that you talk like, oh, it just wasn't right. Like it was too this, it was too that. Like people want to hear me with Rodney. Like it's just like no, just. I feel like being able to stand up for your work, whether or not it is like a giant hit or not, is the most is the, the good thing. Because there, are, even if it wasn't a huge hit, there are people who are fans of that work. Don't you know? Yuck their yum, and you're the artist about it. It like kind of. I don't know. It just kind of takes the wind out of my sails a little bit when people do that. Even Mariah even will say nice things about Charm Bracelet. And it's like, <laughs> just because she's like, you know, there are moments, there are lyrical moments on that album. There are things that, you know, some of my best works on that album. And, you know, she has some lyrical moments on it. So I just think it's, it's I, I don't know, for some reason it almost feels like a betrayal to me. It's like, if you could sit there and promote this and go around the world and stand behind it at the time, don't just d- discount it because it wasn't a hit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Especially Kelly, when it's great. Exactly. Like aphrodisiac. And I don't know if that's the case for the Kelly Osbourne album. Maybe it was completely manufactured, but she was involved enough to want to put it out and want to promote it and want to shoot videos for it. So like, let the people who love it, love it on you. I don't know. I'm going to say, me. I'm going to say something that will upset you oh God, and that will probably upset Brandy. I prefer aphrodisiac to full moon. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, mean, I think aphrodisiac's great. There, it is great, and both of them are great. You, your blind spot for full moon, I will never understand. Like I, that is such. I liked it. You didn't love I it. I liked enough. it. There was that one song where like she couldn't like keep up with the tempo. That, I disagree with you on that. <laughs> I'm like, you're behind, Brandy. You're I behind. just feel like the, uh, Aphrodisiac is iconic and excellent and has very strong songs, but uh, the Brandy sound Okay, is that's so fair. I don't know. I don't have moon. a connection to the Brandy sound. Yes. Other than like, impossible. <laughs> then like, impossible. Why are you down there? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can't think of any popular music examples of, yeah. to answer this question but I saw something recently I forget if it was like a tweet or an Mm. article or something that Mm. Stephen Sondheim said at one point in his career that he regrets the song Next from Pacific Overtures. Okay, here we go. Steven. <laughs> Steven. Who's definitely listening. Steve, Mr. Sondheim. <laughs> oh my god. Pacific Overtures is one of your most is your your most interesting score, period. Okay. Crazy show. That finale, next is the finale song. Mm. And it is a an ensemble number all about the uh Sudden globalization of Japan. What? <laughs> and, and their economy. Okay. And how they branched out into the world. Okay. You would think it is the most useless, ridiculous song on the planet. Right. 
when I tell you I weep when I hear <laughs> it. It is so brilliantly done, and for some reason it makes me so emotional. And Stephen Sondheim, if you ever talk shit about your own song <laughs> next, I will come over and I will bang on your piano keys and wake you up in the middle of the night and we will have a discussion. Wow. Because next, uh, uh, we have to do for Patreon. We have to do Pacific overtures. Okay. You're, ooh, it's it's Am gonna I be gonna a like while. It? It's gonna be a while down the road for you to get the Pacific <laughs> overtures. We're gonna have to listen to a couple more Sondheims before yeah. you graduate to Pacific overtures. Is that the most difficult listen of his works? Um, uh, uh, it's it's you'll you'll see. Okay, you'll see if you like Kabuki music mixed with show tuning types. It's it's pure genius. Sounds and like a next lot. next is. Just oh, it fucking exquisite. An- oh, another example of this, sorry, that I just thought of. Avril Lavigne for a long time would not play complicated in concert because mm. she thought it was like this is trash and like not representative Ma'am? of me. And it's Ma'am. like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. If you do not get up there and sing fucking complicated, I paid it for a ticket here. For you I to ass- sing complicated. For you to sing complicated. I assume she does it again now, but I think she looks back uh angrily and unfondly at her work with the Matrix, but it's like uh, let go is literally perfect in every aspect of its you know existence so please like as much as you might have negative personal feelings about that time in your life that album's iconic <laughs> wow iconic Avril I know Jesus. lots of people do that they get sick of their biggest hit and they're like oh we're not doing it anymore and it's like nope it's like no we're doing it you know Mariah got sick of Hero and you know what she did kept singing it <laughs> yeah exactly yes. <laughs> and then it came back around she's like you know what I like it now <laughs> for years she's like yes it really affects yes, some people yeah, it's wonderful I wrote it for yes, someone else it but wasn't like, really written for me like my vocal's not really what I would do but you know here we are <laughs> so yeah but even she has stopped shading Hero so if she can get over the Hero you can get over complicated yes all right. I agree. We are now at the last segment of the show. Oh, we love a segment, don't we? <laughs> so, Matt Steele, I mean, I, talk about Judy. <laughs> like, that's literally what the segment, giving you moments, darling, is all about Matt Steele and what he's loved this week. And then about me and what I've loved this week. And what Matt Steele's loved this week is clearly Judy. So, I think, I mean, just I, take and, it away. And I've loved a lot this week. You have. You've loved like, the impeachment inquiry. When we're talking about moments. I mean, this of course, like moment. Big Brother finale moment. Like, whew, that was a moment. But that was like a dark moment. Um, <laughs> that, was like a, that was like a, I'm stressed about this moment. Yeah. Yes. Guys, Ju- I was so afraid all year that Judy would disappoint. Yeah. And that like it would just be a run of the mill biopic. When I tell you the movie is exquisite. <laughs> and when I tell you her performance is one for the fucking ages. She is so excellent in this movie. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about her performance just for uh the podcast okay. because like let's do a Judy review for the main channel. <laughs> All right. I'm going to see it Tuesday. Because so we he's can. Seeing, Matt Palmer is seeing it Tuesday and we have to talk about it. Um, so I will go in more in depth about it on the main channel. So I'm just going to talk about Renee's performance. When I tell you this was a comeback, unlike anything I've ever seen, I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. What's so brilliant about it is that is it is not a Judy impression. She's not trying to do a Judy impression. She's not trying to wow you with the impression. But she's there. She still looks and, and like her physicality for there is one moment where she sings the song by myself in mm-hmm. one single take. And when I tell you her physicality is just I couldn't breathe throughout the entire thing. It's so spellbinding. Is she singing live like on video? Do we know? She is singing. I it sounds like from my ear, it sounded like she was only singing live. She sings over the rainbow. Like, oh, yeah. spoiler alert, guys. <laughs> I mean, uh, she sings over the rainbow at the end, which is just uh, perform. Oh, my God. Like, just incredible. Uh, so you can tell she's singing live there. Uh, but you can tell the other songs she went into the studio and, mm. and is lip syncing to it. Um, she is so she so perfectly walks that fine tightrope between f- like fragile and strong that it's you are just on edge the entire movie and you are you're rooting for her and you believe in her and you you empathize with her so much and she's just to go back to it's not just a Judy impression it is telling the story of a woman who is incredibly famous and who has touched the lives of so many people and who means so much to so many people and all the fuck she wants to do is go home to her kids and like build up a because the whole premise is she uh, isn't able to find work and she just wants to be with her kids and give her kids a good life. So she takes on this uh, London show for several months so she can make a lot of money and afford to go home and like retire with her kids essentially. And that's all she wants to do. And 
the entire movie, I'm just thinking about Brendan. Really? Like, I was going to say, your description is very Brendan. But everything about it is just so touching. The, I'll get into it in the main channel. <laughs> about, about how these people just love her so much. Right. And how she... What, how she realized starts to realize those things and and her performance is I can't even talk about it enough in in a well articulated way just see the movie she is unbelievable she's winning the Oscar sorry to everyone else in contention <laughs> Renee Zellweger is winning the Academy Award it's 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 she's so excellent so do you think she's like fully coming back after this like she should be in more things like because she's been kind of off the radar for a minute oh yeah and she took a break and it was she was well rested from that break because she is she is just giving you moments every single solitary second they should never have cut away from her because every moment you are just so fascinated by what she's doing on the screen she's she's so excellent oh right i'm looking forward yeah can't wait to see it um, I have a couple little things that have been giving me moments. I have not okay. seen Judy, so it did not give me a moment. Okay. But I, I, it gives me moments that you got a moment. Of course, and it'll give you moments on Tuesday. Exactly. Um, so, two things that are silly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, the housewives. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there is something about the real housewives. I've always loved them, of course. But once a housewife franchise gets into like its fourth or fifth season, it kind of... Uh, most of them kind of have a downturn. Most of them, it's like a lot of these ladies have been on there for a long time. They know what they're trying to do. They're trying to be Bethany, sell something, trying to, you know, hawk a product. Don't really want to get into the dirt and get in the mess uh, and don't want to, you know, have the drama that people are watching for. Like people want to see how these women interact and how they, you know, get, get in these discussions and these kind of involved scenarios where they kind of are, in, you know, they're fighting, but about things that are interesting. It's not just like we're just yelling for no reason. It's like, you know, it's a lot of, the way people interact, and it's also women of a certain age, which I love seeing on screen, but I feel like at that point, around seasons four or five, a lot of them take a little bit of a a dip, Mm because it's like, okay, we've been doing this for so long, I know how to look good, I know what I should say on Mm -hmm. camera and what I shouldn't. And I imagine, like, the really fun people, like, start to leave. Yes, sometimes leave, sometimes people leave, sometimes uh, good people leave, and sometimes they are bringing in a lot of new people who don't really fit in the group, just Uh to, like, try to keep it fresh. Um, But what has happened is we've discovered as things have gotten even further on, sometimes around seasons eight, nine, ten, the cast, they find a really good cast and they none of them really leave or maybe Mm -hmm. one or two will leave every once in a while. But like it's a cast of some people from a long time ago, some people coming in in that middle section where we're bringing new blood back and they kind of in a weird way find a balance. Everyone gets older and less concerned with how they're coming across. And so they become being messing again. And it's like Real Housewives of New York has done this so beautifully. Like people are so obsessed with that show because it's literally women who are just do not give a fuck about how they look on camera. They're getting drunk. They are fighting. Just like I'm allowed to not be likable. Like this whole idea of like every woman on screen needs to be likable. It's like, no, I can be a fucking monster because sometimes I can, I'm a, I can be a monster. monster. <laughs> We're all monsters, guys. And I feel like I, there was a nervous part of me that was like, oh, maybe once they get to this level, they've been on it for so long, they uh, will put up a veneer and it won't be broken down. That's been proven to be untrue with the Housewives of New York. Then, this week, a new trailer for both The Real Housewives of New Jersey and The Real Housewives of Atlanta have come out. And, I mean, obviously, some people can make amazing trailers and then have the final product not be that good, especially on a TV show, which has, like, you know, 20 episodes or whatever in a season. But... I am cautiously very optimistic. This I think neither of the casts change from their prior season, so okay. they all know each other very well. And they're all and also well, no, uh, Atlanta changed a bit because they brought back Kenya Moore, who was one of those people who came in season four, season five, and she was kind of a lot and very much a mess and a shit stir and like you kind of didn't like her at moments, but then once she was gone, you really felt she's not the one who made up the rumor that uh, no, Candy was trying to rape. Somebody, she's never right? been back. Phaedra has been gone, and Candy <laughs> has said if she ever comes back, I will leave. Um, so but Kenya is just she was kind of the single girl for a long time. All she wanted was a family and a baby, and pe- the other wives kind of when it. They would get mad at her. I was like, well, at least I have a man. At least I have a baby. And what do you Mm. have? Like that kind of thing. So she comes back now. She has gotten married. She has a baby. It has just come out like in the past couple of weeks that she is getting a divorce. Oh, which is sad. But you you see the trailer and you see how she's mixing it up again and how it just adds a, a balance back to the show. It's like we want drama, but we want things to be moving forward. We want some conflict, but some resolution. It feels like that's happening. Jersey just looks off the rails. <laughs> like literally it's like old school, like someone's weave is getting pulled. And it's just like, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I think that 
I don't know. A part of me was a little worried that like maybe these shows have a shelf life and maybe we're reaching it. But it seems mm-hmm. like once the ladies get to a certain point of being like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to just like put it all out there and mm-hmm. like it becomes interesting again. And like I'm very invested in both of these storylines and both of these shows. I can't wait for them to come back because honestly right now it's Real House of Orange County and Real Houses of Dallas that are on. And it's like I don't. You don't watch either I of those. I don't watch either of those. And Vanderpump Rules is not. And so I'm kind of like just having Potomac to get me through. And this is the last night of the reunion tonight. So I'm excited that the, both of these are coming back in November. I believe Vanderpump Rules will come back in December hopefully. And um, I don't know. I'm just ready and I'm excited. The second thing that's been giving me moments this week is um, they've released a Mario Kart app. Oh, (laughs) thank you so much for listening. And I won't talk about it for too long, but like Nintendo's so fucking iconic. Like literally, (laughs) I am not a video game head in any other avenue, but like truly Nintendo has been knocking it out of the park. I bring my Switch to work and whenever I'm like taking a lunch break and don't want to talk to people, I'll just go in my car and play my Switch. (laughs) See, I am so far removed from the video game world that like when I think of video games, I think of, oh, a Nintendo. Like I don't think of Nintendo as its own separate thing. Oh yeah, it's like Nintendo is the company. Like, like, uh, yes. To me, I'm just like, oh, they're playing a Nintendo. No, like because they're Playstations and there's, you know, the Microsoft Xbox. It's like DC Marvel. Don't know. Don't (laughs) know the difference. Well, I'm just saying everyone should get on Mario Kart Tour. The hand, the controls are a little hard to get a hang up, but the the graphics are really good. And it like, it's cool because it's like you earn new levels as it goes on. You earn new characters. I don't know. It's just, it's fun and I can't recommend it. You know what? You earned talking about that for as much as I talk about Big Big Brother on this podcast. (laughs) I appreciate that. I'm glad we're in agreement in that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, guys, I think that's it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to uh, go to our main channel, youtube.com slash 2gaymats for videos every single week. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash 2gaymats and for as little as $1 a video, uh, you get an extra bonus video from us every single week. We just put up a reaction to the Normani motivation music video, which, you know, is still iconic, still works. Um, And and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Palmer Music. And at, it's Matt Steele. And at Two Gay Mats for the both of us. Uh, do you have anything else to tell the people? Uh, we'll see you at the Judy Movie Review on I our know. main channel. Because I'm making you. Matt Palmer do it. I will do that. I'm excited to see Judy. I don't know anything about her. So you, he doesn't my, know anything I about Judy Garland, I guys. I know he's, she's, um, uh, what's your boss? Yeah. Okay. Yes, Jesus, okay, great. Jesus I know that. Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back soon with another brand new Two Gay Mats podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.